If you want to know my biography, I'm Ukrainian. So this word explains everything. I'm Ukrainian, and if people want to understand better who I am, they have to kind of learn the Ukrainian history, of course, the Ukrainian language, and they'll get to know they'll get to know me better. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. Together, we will break all the stereotypes about Ukrainians so that when the flag of Ukraine is lifted anywhere in the world, everyone will know Ukraine and its unique culture because today Ukraine has a dynamic new generation that will change the world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018, to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. And thank you all so much for the support. More than 270 people participated in this project for Ukraine, from the vice president of the Helen Martin Group, to the vice chancellor of the UGCC Church, to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev, to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev, to students from the FLEX program, Ukraine Global Scholars, Yale University, Harvard, and Minerva Schools at KGI, to the United Nations, to interns at the Ukrainian Parliament and at the Canadian Parliament, to top 1% students in Ukraine. But not only them. This project is for all Ukrainians from all backgrounds. So if you wish to participate, send me a message on Instagram at aziz.future and join the Telegram channel Kyiv Future. My goal is to make interviews with hundreds of Ukrainians and the world is listening. This podcast is already top 50 in the United Kingdom. France, Switzerland, and Monaco, top 25 in Austria, Germany, Canada, Russia, and Poland, top 15 in Australia, Italy, Spain, and Dubai, and top 10 in Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, South Korea, Singapore, and many other places because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes. Together, we will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people. And this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine, creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So let's begin. My guest today is Yanina Kovalchuk. Yanina is a FLEX alumna 2019 who went to Texas in the United States, and she was a FLEX city representative 
of Lutsk in 2020. Born in the small village of Horodice near Lutsk, Janina is currently an international relations student at the National University Ostro Academy. She is very interested in the field of cultural diplomacy, cultural soft power, and its impact on bilateral relations with other countries and foreign policy of the states in the Middle East. Yanina is a language lover and currently speaks Ukrainian, Polish, Russian, English, and challenging herself to learn Hebrew and Spanish. Yanina is a piano lover, graduated from music school after dedicating eight years of her life to music and even considered becoming a pianist or music teacher to pursue her father's dream. She enjoys listening to pieces of classical music and to opera, as well as singing Ukrainian folk songs. She is an introvert who pretends to be an extrovert. She is a traditional Ukrainian who is into Ukrainian traditional food. However, she fell in love with Mexican cuisine while staying in Texas and her favorite saying that she tries to apply to her life every single day is to be or not to be is not a question of compromise. Either you be or you don't be by Golda Meyer. Janina, how are you today? Thank you. I'm great. Uh, thank you, Aziz, for this amazing opportunity to participate in your podcast. It's an honor for me. You're welcome, and thank you again for being here. It's a privilege for me as well. And to begin in other ways, what is to you the definition of cultural soft power, and what is fascinating for you when it comes to this topic or this ability? Um, cultural diplomacy or soft call, uh, soft call, so-called soft power is uh, like a type of public diplomacy um, that includes the exchange of ideas, information, art, language, and other aspects of culture among nations and their people in order to foster mutual understanding. It means a lot for me because, you know, I used to be an exchange student, a flex exchange student, and this was the first time I was exposed to so many cultures. You know, I've never traveled abroad before, actually, uh, the United States. And it was an amazing experience for me to get to know other cultures. And I also made a lot of friends from different corners of the world. And that's how I found out that this is my dream to work in the field of cultural diplomacy and help um, other people to get to know my culture better as well. I have so many questions, really. And Janina, though, let's define terms. For you, what is the definition of culture and how do we know it or experience it? Or let's say you go to another place, what do you need to do in order to experience that culture fully? And what does culture mean again? Culture, it's something you inherit from your ancestors. Um, You know, I live in Ukraine and Ukraine has a rich culture. When it comes to the like, national clothes, to the language, to even to people, how they behave, how they communicate. So this is also something that comes from history. 
And this is something I want to pass to my children and to my grandchildren as well. I think that the culture is something that lays in your DNA as well. So when I was in the States, I did approximately 10 presentations to um, represent Ukrainian culture to Americans. I told them about our national cuisine, about our national um, national costumes, about our language, and about our history. So all of these aspects form our culture. So this is how I define this term. Thank you. And what should someone do as a foreigner in order to really experience the rich Ukrainian culture? I believe that if you're a foreigner, the best way to get to know the culture, specifically Ukrainian, um, is to learn Ukrainian language, you know, because a language has something specific when it comes to culture. Um, you know, I'm personally learning um, two other foreign languages, and I can feel the culture through learning the language. So this is the best way. Also, um, you can just make friends from that country and ask them questions and uh, travel to Ukraine to get to know to get to know it better, you know, there are a lot of places here that will help you understand a lot of other aspects of our culture. But of course, I believe that language is the number one thing you have to learn in order to get to know our culture. Thank you. What is the process that you use in order to make friends? Because you said you had friends from all over the world and all cultures because of your flex experience. And you mentioned now that making friends who are Ukrainian or from any other culture, if you're interested in it, is one of the top ways. Well, how do you make friends? Are you someone who is reserved at first and then you open up over time or warm right away? And what questions seem to be the most interesting for you when you meet new people? You know, I used to be really reserved. Before traveling to the States, <laughs> I even remember my host mom saying, Nina, you're so reserved, I don't know how you're going to make friends uh, somewhere here in the States. But later on, I started approaching people and uh, just starting random conversations with them. It was just about an experience. Um, yes, I do have friends from different corners of the world, including Mongolia, um, Indonesia, Moldova, Serbia, and we are still keeping in touch. I think I'm a communicative person. And um, the thing is, I approach people. I do the first step. And we just talk a lot about um, something we have in common. This can be music, politics. I love talking about politics because, you know, it is related to my professional field. Um, we talk about learning languages. We talk about our hobbies in general. And, you know, in the very beginning, it seems to be that it seems that we have different interests, but still we have something in common, even though we come from different cultural backgrounds, you know. Um, so this is something that helps me to make friends. Thank you. I have so many questions right now. And let's begin with this. What really motivates you or goes through your head or is in your belief system that enables you to take the first step to meet a stranger and turn them into a friend because a lot of people struggle with doing that and they freeze afraid of rejection 
or of some weird looks by people. You know, I have a dream to break stigma between cultures. So this is something that motivates me to approach people like from different countries, let's say so. But but when it comes to the friendship uh, from my country, like to ma- making friends from my country, I like when people are just in good relationships and they can talk about stuff, something like politics, something about like religion, because these things, these topics are not common, unfortunately, and people tend to avoid this kind of conversations. And I believe that we have to we have to talk on these topics because this helps us to break this so-called stigma. Interesting. And let's speak about conversations. Imagine there are two kinds of conversations. One is about banal and trivial topics, but it's full of emotions and feeling. Or one is very intellectual, filled with tidbits of interesting facts and things that are so cool to know, which one would you gravitate towards more? You know, it depends on the company. (laughs) Um, It depends on what people are interested in. I mean, the people I'm talking to uh, or I'm having a conversation with, you know, I prefer both topics. I'm I'm into different kinds of conversations, even uh, if those topics are not related to like scientific facts or um, something interesting in the political field, you know, I can talk pretty much on everything. Then I really have to ask you, are you more of an emotional kind of person or highly logical? You know, it's really difficult to say something about that because I'm a girl. <laughs> it goes first. Um, so I don't think that uh, girls are uh, logical human beings. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes I tend to be illogical. But I think I'm both emotional and logical. It also depends on the situation, you know. I agree 100%. And also another thing, you said it depends on the people and what they're interested in. Are you a giver? What I mean is, what do you prefer to make another person happy or that someone else is the reason that makes you happy. I'm 100% a giver. I love seeing different emotions um, of people uh, after our conversation. I love to inspire others. You know, I'm I'm enthusiastic about that. And um, after coming from the states, I did some presentations about Flex program, and I loved seeing the sparkle in the eyes of. Uh, of students in in our schools, um, I love seeing seeing them motivated. You know, um, this is some this is something that inspires me as well. So um, I think I'm a giver. You spoke a lot about seeing in the faces of people whether different emotions or the spark in their eyes or the motivation, etc. Are you really really visual? Or is it about people that you pay attention to their faces first and foremost, but you're not a highly visual person in other fields? Um, I believe that you've heard of this term, like emotional intelligence. So I think that um, my rate of emotional intelligence is pretty high because I tend to feel what people feel, you know? Um, And... um, 
sometimes I can I can feel the emotions of the person who is like talking to me or so on. So um, I think yeah I can pretty much identify what other person is feeling. How can someone develop their emotional intelligence? First of all, uh, I don't like these corny phrases, but you still have to get out of your comfort zone and just talk to people, get to know a lot of different people, you know, because I know some people who prefer some kind of company, you know, they're like, I'm, I'm not going to talk to this or that person because this is not my type of person. But you have to talk to different people. You have to make these friendships. And that's how you train the ability to understand um, other people's feelings. That's what I did as well. And uh, my exchange here gave me the perfect opportunity to uh, practice this ability because um, I met people from different cultures, you know, and this also... This is also something that impacts their um, mentality, you know, and mentality includes emotions, feelings, and so on. So just get out of your comfort zone and approach people, talk to them. That's how you practice this ability. Thank you. And you can feel people's emotions. Does it mean even when you walk in the street and you see people around, you can feel their emotion? And what's the difference between people's emotion and feeling that and feeling people's energy? You know, I'm not sure about this extraordinary extraordinary ability to feel other people's emotions, uh, like when they pass by you on the street. Not in this case. I, I still need some time to talk to a person, to get to know that person. But I definitely can feel the energy. And that's basically the difference between emotions and energy. Sometimes when you look at someone's face and that person is smiling, you can definitely tell that that person is enjoying like his or her life, that that person is currently experiencing something positive in his or her life. So this is the energy. And um, emotions is still kind of different thing. You still have to, to get to know that person. Thank you. And do you love pets? Do you love animals? And can you feel their energy as well? Yeah, I do love animals. Um, unfortunately, I don't have pets in the house. But since I live in the village, we can keep the like, pets outside, you know. So I have like three cats. Um, and uh, sometimes I can play with them, you know. So that's something I love to do. But... Um, I, I don't think that pets or animals in general, they experience anything like emotions, you know, or maybe they have some different kind of emotions, but still humans are not able to read, read them. I agree. And in Buddhism, they actually say that animals are enlightened. They have that spirit and energy of an enlightened master, and they calm people down with their energy. About languages, if I understood you correctly, languages for you are a tool to understand the culture and the soft power of any region or country. Is that what fascinates you the most about language learning? Or why are you such a big language lover? Yeah, I'm passionate about learning languages. That's definitely something I want to do in the future. So... Um, yeah, 
First of all, language is something that helps you understand other culture, and that's why I chose to learn Hebrew. Um, because I think um, like Jewish culture is really interesting to me. That's why I chose that language. And also, I think that um, language helps you train the ability to remember things. You know, this is um, something related to neurology. Um, and also, um, I chose Spanish because, first of all, I'm going to have this, uh, this language in the university. And the second thing is that this language is popular in the Latin America. And when it comes to my professional field, I like this region as well. I see a lot of perspectives in the Latin America in terms of trade, uh, in terms of things like that. Um, and also, um, the second reason why I chose Hebrew is that I'm interested in the Middle East region. Thank you. It's really, really interesting to know about how you think and how you approach the world. And well, what is your own definition in the dictionary of Yanina or the meaning of politics? Oh my goodness. You know, this is really difficult to define. Even a lot of experts still cannot define this word because it means so much. Uh, it means a different thing to each person. For me, politics is a uh, is a really harsh game between um, like um, actors on international arena, and uh, also it includes some set of values. You know, when it comes to country. So, um, yeah, this is like a harsh game between the actors on international arena. That's how I define politics. Why is it harsh? Tell me more. I believe that each country has its own interests when it comes to the foreign policy, you know, um, when it comes to politics in general. And that's what makes this game tough, you know, because when, um, when each actor has his her own interests he um he can break the rules you know he uh he may not uh, follow the international law and this this is what makes this game even more complicated you can even compare it to the daily life situations imagine if uh, someone in your family has uh, like different interests and uh, ignores the general rules um like in, in international relations, this is the international law. So how, how would the situation be like? You know, uh, at, at the end, this w wouldn't be really cool. You know, so uh, that's why I believe that politics is a really harsh game. And we'll switch from politics to something soft as well and really powerful, which is music. What did music change in your character because you have spent almost a decade dedicating yourself to it and even your father has a dream related to this field yes my dad dreamt me to become a musician someday but uh, i changed this decision right before traveling to the states um music made me believe that there is a beauty in the world, you know. Um, back uh, back in the time when I used to go to music school, I had a really cool music teacher, and she taught me a lot when it comes to 
um, when it comes to tackling difficult situations, so when it comes to um, even to study, you know, she taught me this important stuff. And um, this was not only about learning how to play the piano, this was also about learning how to live. And she had this kind of philosophical nature. And she, we did have a lot of conversations um, related to, like, to philosophy, um, to the life of different composers. And, yeah, she, she taught me a lot of stuff. And uh, still, music is something like a psychologist for me. I don't need a psychologist because I have my piano in the house. You know, I can play something like a Chopin um, waltz or Rachmaninoff. Um, and this is something that inspires me, and I don't, I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to talk to a psychologist to solve some kind of problem in my life. I love that. That was so deep, so interesting. And I noticed you said music inspires you, and before you said you love to inspire people. What is the meaning of inspiration? Oh, we've got a lot of terms from Yanina's dictionary today. Inspiration. It's something like a driving force, you know, that keeps you moving in your life. So that's how I define this term in my own dictionary. Thank you. And therefore, how did you deal with the pandemic? Or as an introvert who pretends to be an extrovert, it wasn't a big deal. But how did you get inspired or inspire people or have that human touch and cultural connection and friendship and bonding that was difficult during quarantines, lockdowns, and social distancing? Yeah, it's been a difficult time for me, even though I'm an introvert, but still I struggled a lot. Uh, Thanks God we have uh, social media. We have uh, the things that we can use to communicate with other people, but still we cannot substitute uh, a real communication with social media. And I missed my friends a lot. And when it comes to studying as well, you know, it's difficult to study online for me because I love, I love this general, this energy in the classroom. You know, um, I love seeing my lecturers and my um, colleagues as well. So I struggled a lot. And um, my piano helps me handle the pandemic as well. But I think that the situation has gotten better. And now we can, we can communicate more. And uh, I can finally meet my friends and talk with them. So I'm happy for you about that. Tell me how was the decision of not following your father's dream and changing to international relations. What did you think? How did you decide? What is the story behind that? Actually, it's a long story. Um, my dad used to be um, like wedding musician, you know, these amateur musicians at the weddings. <laughs> we do have a lot of amateur musicians at Ukrainian weddings, and he was one of them. And in his childhood, he dreamt of becoming a musician himself. But later on, as he grew up, his parents made him um, become a doctor. So he graduated from Moscow University and he became a doctor. But 
that was not something he wanted to do in life and he struggled a lot as well. So music, like playing at the weddings, was something he loved doing a lot. And um, when I was born, he used to spend a lot of time with me teaching me how to play bayan. You know, this is the Russian national instrument and he plays it like perfectly. And Sopilka, this is Ukrainian national instrument. Um, by the way, my dad learned how to play four music instruments by himself. So he plays the guitar, the sopilka, bayan, and um, a little bit piano. And when I turned um, seven years old, I um, I was walking like in Lutsk city with my mom, and suddenly I saw like a building, and I asked my mom what is this building? And she was like, oh, this is the music school. And I shouted, oh, I want to go to music school. And how that's how this story started. And I, I got accepted in the music school. And that's when my dad noticed that I got a talent, music. And maybe in the sixth grade music school, I really showed the success. You know, my teacher noticed that I, I really have a great potential. And uh, she was like, Yanina, would you like to go to the music college? I can support you. I can help you with choosing the suitable program, like what you're supposed to play in order to get accepted to music college. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I love doing that. I participated in a lot of contests, um, music contests. Uh, this is the contest uh, organized by the uh, Polish embassy in Ukraine and, and a lot of others. And that's the moment when my dad was sure that I uh, was going to to the music college. But um, later on, I saw some like news on the social media. Uh, this was the post, and um, this was the post about a girl who studied in the states one academic year, and she like learned English perfectly. She she made a lot of friends. She got interested in like in getting to know other cultures and that's when I got inspired to learn English you know because before that I could barely speak English and obviously I didn't have the intention to study abroad and um, that's how I decided to apply for flex program and um, after I got accepted um, maybe after spending two months in the states I changed my decision. I realized that the thing I want to do in my life is is studying politics, international relations, and forming this bond between different cultures. So, uh, yeah, and um, that's how I told my 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 dad that I was no longer going to to the music college, and of course he was upset and he didn't he couldn't believe that I I took this decision. But I explained him why I think this way. And he saw that I I had some accomplishments in this field. You know, this year I've written a plan prospectus for my potential scientific work called uh, the, um, foreign, uh, the Vector of the Foreign Policy um, of, uh, of the United States in the Middle East under the presidency of Barack Obama. I loved doing this research, this scientific research, and that's something I love. And I don't regret about choosing this professional field.
Tell me though, this is so fascinating. Do you find, similar to your father, you have the ability to learn things quickly and to pick up languages, scientific ideas, instruments, and all that? I guess, yeah. This comes, um, this passes from like a grandfather to granddaughter uh, in our family. I mean, the Kovalchuk side, my father's side. So this is the family thing. We have this music talent and a lot of people in our village are wondering, oh, oh my God, how, uh, how do Kowalchuks uh, tend to have so many talents um, in music, you know? So I think this is something I got from my, from my dad and I'm very thankful for that. I still love music. I still, I play a lot. And um, I can't imagine my life without, you know. Yes, it sounds wonderful and fascinating. Tell me more about you. If you were to explain who you are to people, like what are your traits, what your what is your character, what is some of your life story that you believe is important for people to know about you, in many ways, if Yanina was a country, what is the culture of Yanina? <laughs> Tell me about it. First of all, I I heard this amazing quote that I'd like to use here. If you want to know my biography, I'm Ukrainian. So this word explains everything. I'm Ukrainian, and if people want to understand better who I am, they have to kind of learn the Ukrainian history, of course, the Ukrainian language, and they'll get to know, they'll get to know me better. Um, I think that this factor of me being Ukrainian plays a huge role in my life. This is the part of my identity, and I can't imagine my, my life without this, um, this biographical fact. I think I'm also very, I'm a person who believes in the idea, you know, if I have an idea, I definitely want to implement it in the life. So this can be an idea that can change the world for better. You know, now um, pursuing my bachelor's degree, I'm thinking about the way how I can make this world a better place to live. You know, I don't know who I can become in uh, five years or in 10 years, but I definitely know that I want to contribute to the world. So that's who I am. Thank you. You speak a lot about the Ukrainian language. And me, as someone who wanted to learn it, I found almost no resources for it compared especially to other languages, whether Spanish or Russian or anything like that, where there are so many options, resources, advanced, intermediate, beginner, and all that. For Ukrainian, I think there are only maybe two or three, and they're all teaching you like basic phrases for travel. So if you demand, expect, and want also people to explore the culture of Ukraine, don't you think it should be a focus and a priority to make it possible actually to learn that language through various resources from abroad, not only maybe going to Ukraine to study as the only option. What are your thoughts, experience, and knowledge about this? 
Oh, I absolutely agree with you 100%. There is not that many resources, unfortunately, on social media, on YouTube for foreigners to learn Ukrainian. But by the way, I tutored my American friend, a Ukrainian. So if you want to take some classes, you can just <laughs> you can just ask me and I'll be glad to help you. Uh, Ukrainian is a difficult language as well to learn. But if you have a goal, you know, if you are motivated to learn it, it's not going to be that difficult. So I'm willing to help you anyway. I even thought about launching my own YouTube channel on um, Ukrainian language, on Ukrainian culture. And I still have this idea in my mind. So uh, I'm, I thank you for letting me know about this problem. And I can just, you helped me realize that this is really crucial. Yes, it is. And when I speak with many foreigners about learning Ukrainian, many of them actually learn the Russian language because there are so many resources. Even in the U.S., because of the Cold War, there are so many of those resources. Or even France, Asimil, which is like the biggest French company, has so many Russian resources but no, nothing related to Ukrainian. So yes, it's not only about social media. It's not even about um, YouTube. I mean, even official like kinds of resources and books and audio CDs that allow you to practice. It's really almost nothing when it comes to Ukrainian. And let's return to you. Yes, your biography is a Ukrainian uh, girl. And Tell me about the values that you find really important in people that you become friends with. What kinds of people are the ones who get close to Yanina and become special for her compared to other people? And who are the people that you know, know that person I'll never ever connect deeply with, so I shouldn't even bother? You know... Um... The thing I value the most in people is generosity, you know, um, even like being genuine with other people. I met a lot of people who were trying to lie about who they really are, but later on it turned out that they were not that kind of people at all. So I love genuine people. And also... Um, I like talking to people who have different hobbies, who are interested in something in their life, not only, you know, these routine topics. Because it's it's really cool to talk about daily stuff, but uh, sometimes you just want to change the focus and uh, talk about something, something from different field. Um, I I think I can talk to different people. I can uh, be friends with different people. There is nothing that can just put me off. Um, but it impacts on how often I will talk to that person, you know, and how close that person can be to me. Thank you. And I really, really love your focus on people who are passionate, who have that spark in their eyes and energy in their words, conviction and movement. Two things. One, do you believe it's something people are born with or it develops because of life experience? And if it's possible to develop it, what is your advice to any other Ukrainians who might not feel that passionate, they might feel depressed because of the pandemic and stuck, 
or doing something that they don't really love, following parents or society, what would be your advice for them to increase the passion and that spark in their eyes and inspiration? So two things, is that spark in the eyes and those people born that way or built with the years and experiences? And second, advice in order for other Ukrainians to develop that side and attitude. Yeah, of course, experience means a lot. And I believe that my experience changed me totally because I... My personality changed a lot. Even my parents can say so. My friends, who I'm, I've been friends for almost 10 years, you know. But also there's something on DNA level as well. So, but if you want to change your personality, you can totally do it. But by challenging yourself. So I think people have the opportunity to develop this spark in their eyes, as you mentioned before. Just by talking to others, just by exploring other cultures, um, I can definitely say that because that's uh, what helped me change my personality, you know. Um, So, yeah, this is the advice I can give to Ukrainians and to people all over the world. Challenge yourself and, first of all, believe in yourself. Because I met a lot of people who kept telling me that I was not good enough to do this or that and uh, that I would probably fail to do this or that thing. But you have to be the one who believes in yourself the most. And this is also the driving force that keeps you moving, that gives this sparkle in your eyes and um, gives the motivation. No, no, no. Tell me more. How can people, especially when it comes to younger people, maybe even teenagers who aren't so confident and they don't feel their self-esteem is strong enough to withstand when people tell them you're not good enough, you cannot do it, stop being an idiot or whatever they say, how to build that confidence, how to build the self-belief and how to back themselves more than other people might be backing them what would be your plan or um, process that you think is necessary to build that confidence and self-esteem? Oh, actually, it's such a personal thing. It depends on the person and on the situation that that person is in. But um, I can definitely tell that this is more on a psychological level. You have to kind of overcome this um um, like low self self esteem or whatever people are saying about you, so it totally depends on you. You have to overcome this like psychological stigma, I would say so, and that's how you can help yourself to move forward. That's the only advice I can give, but I think it's a deeply personal question, and it depends on the situation. Thank you so much, Janina. This was such a blessing and a great conversation and your personality and thoughts are so fascinating. Right now, if people want to follow you on social media, what is the best social media to do so? Second, can you speak about Flex? What is it for people who don't know? 
And what are your encouraging words for those who wish to apply but worry they won't get accepted so they don't even try? As well as speak about your university, the National Ostro Academy, for people who might consider it as an option as well. Thank you, Aziz, for inviting me to join this project. This is really such an honor for me. And I wish you um, great success in this field, you know, because uh, it means so much for me as for Ukrainian. It helped me realize a lot of things um, myself. So thank you so much for that. Um, When talking about my social media, uh, you can follow me both on Instagram, uh, on Instagram and on Facebook. I use them a lot. So follow me. I'll be glad to know other people. And of course, if you want to learn Ukrainian, I'll help you out as well. And um, FLEX program. Future Leaders Exchange program is sponsored by the U.S. Department of State and gives uh, the opportunity for the students to study in the States for one academic year. If you, um, if you have some doubts about applying for this program, please don't have any. I failed um, my first round when I applied for the FLEX program for the first time, and I became a finalist from the second trial. So try um, as many times as possible. And if that is something that you want to do, if that's your dream, you will definitely get it. Um, And um, when talking about my personal experience, um, it changed me totally. And you will never come back to your country the same person as you were before. So I'm encouraging you to apply for this program. That's totally worth it. And also, um, you will get a lot of connections abroad. You will, I'm still keeping in touch with my host family. We can talk about different stuff, about what is going on in the States right now. And they're asking me about the stuff which is going on in Ukraine. So um, this, is, this program is even more about connections. Uh, about forming bonds with other people. My university um, belongs to one of the best universities in in Ukraine, and that's why I chose it. Um, And my university is really historic. It is located in the historical town, and um, there are a lot of excursions held in the university. We have have, um, tourists from different countries coming to our university, Um, taking pictures um, and also we have guides who accompany them so if you want to visit Austro I'm highly encouraging you to do so because you will see a lot of wonderful things Um, and uh, specifically our university you'll hear the history of that region Uh, you'll hear the um, stories about the founders of this university and so on and um, yes Thank you so much, Janina. Really, I cannot express how grateful I am for every minute together. And actually, maybe some people wouldn't know this, but we have tried and failed, and it was like a hero's journey to make this episode happen. So I'm so happy to finally have it, and I wish you a great day. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure, Aziz. Thank you so much. Once again, finally, we did it. We recorded this episode.